Hi, I'm Tilly. I'm the ladies' captain for the Rainbow Rexes. Hi, I'm Edmund Connolly. I'm the president of the Rainbow Rexes, and you're listening to Level Playing Field. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Level Playing Field Podcast. Level Playing Field is my podcast. My name is Randy Boos. I interview people who are in sports and who are LGBTQ and allies. Tonight, my guests are Edmund Connolly and Tilly Powell from the Rainbow Rex's Lacrosse Club out of England. One of the things we talk about towards the end is 5016 Street and their com- campaign to help break the chain of HIV. It's a, a cool concept, cool campaign to get people tested and um, help stop the spread of HIV. Just a little bit about 5016 Street. 5016 Street is a friendly, convenient, and free NHS sexual health clinic in the heart of London. The services based in Soho also offer full outpatient HIV clinic services. Um, I'm going to have a link for them in the show notes. I know this is an American-based podcast, but there will be some people in England specifically London, who might be listening to this, and I want them to hear it and find out about their services if they don't know about it for some reason. Like I said, links will be in the show notes. Um, We have a little bit of a conversation at the end. We don't go too in-depth. Before I get to this episode, though, and introduce you to Edmund and Tilly, I want to talk about something that happened last week. The last week I spoke with Aiden Mann. He is a trans man and trans activist, Former basketball player, I found him on TikTok. He has two amazing dogs. He's an incredible guy. But during the the conversation, I mentioned the word transgendered. Our managing editor, Don Ellis from Outsports, texted me and said, I, I said that I didn't know that was bad. I know some people don't think it's bad. Some people do. She sent me the link, though, on where I could find it talked about at GLAD after reading it. It makes sense. It's obviously where that's been in my head before, so I'm going to try not to use it. Feel free to call me out if I ever do. It basically explained it that um, you don't say gayed or lesbian, so why do we say transgendered? So I know for some people it might be minor, some people might be major, regardless. I want to say I made a mistake, I have learned from it, and that's what for me this podcast is all about. It's about education. If anybody, um, for myself, Anyways, back to this week's episode. So yeah, the conversation with Edmund and Tilly, we talk a little bit about who they are, how they got involved in lacrosse, the sport of lacrosse, what the Rainbow Rex Lax group is about, and where they're going. And like I said, we talk about 5016 Street and their campaign to um, break the chain of HIV. Uh, Anyways, without further ado, here is my conversation with Edmund and Tilly. Welcome to you both to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I know I've been talking to, I think Ed for a while, right? About coming on. Mm. Yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah, and then things got crazy. Before I, we really get talking about the Rainbow Rexes, I want to check in and see how you guys are doing over in England with the coronavirus and all that. How are you guys? Well, uh, thanks for asking. It's crazy times. It's um, a little bit un 
we don't really know what's going on but um i think certainly we're keeping well um we've had some good news recently from boris johnson our prime minister who said that we can go out and start doing sport and stuff now so things are starting to be a little bit more relaxed yeah that's in england only though there's a bit of sort of inconsistency with the policies at the moment in the sense that scotland and wales and northern ireland are being advised to stay at home still but we're Ed and I are both based in England at the moment, so we're allowed to sort of exercise a bit more and stuff. Where in England are you guys? Uh, I'm in London at the moment. Yeah, I'm just outside London, but um, usually I live there. I, I came out um, to stay with my parents because they've got a nicer place in the countryside than a small <laughs> flat in London. But yeah. Tilly and I actually both <laughs> um, Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about who you guys are and how you got involved in the sport. I don't know who wants to start, but... Just a brief little intro to yourself. I um, I don't mind starting. I got involved at school. So I went to this boarding school in Wales. And it was quite, it was actually one of the main sports at my school. So it wasn't such a unusual thing to get involved in. It was something that quite a few people played. So I played all throughout school. And then um, when I was about halfway through school, when I was about 15, 16, um, the Wales across coach started coaching at my school. And that meant that there were Wales across training practices and stuff were happening on our pitches. Um, so it was quite easy to get more involved then, um, which is a really good experience. And then I carried on playing throughout uni and that's actually how I met Ed because um, I was going to uni at King's College, London, and Ed was my lacrosse coach there. So that's how we got to meet. It was a oh, bit wow. brutal at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um... A bit similar to Tills, really. So I, I've actually got two brothers. So when I grew up, I was always quite sporty. We were playing sort of anything and everything we could, like you know, tennis, cricket, rugby and all of that. And it wasn't really till college that I really got into lacrosse. And as Tills said, I kind of just started playing and then I really got into it um, as sort of I kind of moved through uni, did postgrad and all that. And um, I actually started, as Tills mentioned, I started coaching lacrosse, um, must be about four or five years ago so I've also kind of been coaching and I also do the umpiring so I kind of do all the sort of sides of it you know it's it's been sort of an amalgamation of sort of liking a lot of sports and this is the one that definitely is like the best fit for me yeah it's interesting because like we talked about Instagram lacrosse in the US lacrosse in the UK one of the minor sports Um, it's Mm. definitely for us not a big one if you look at the individual sport the team sports you didn't have to go like lower than college sports to really find where the cross fits in. And honestly, the cross fits in more in college than anything in the U.S. Is it the same in the U.K. where it's mainly like a uni type sport? I'll talk to the men's game and actually tells you obviously got a better insight on on the women's game. So, yeah, men's is predominantly here played at uni. That's where a lot of people pick it up. Um, and certainly a lot of the players we have in the Rainbow Rexes they picked it up at uni. There are though some really great club um, clubs across um, the country. So it's played in, you know, England, Wales, Scotland and Ireland. But um, you have sort of pockets where it's more popular. So there's a really big lacrosse community in London. There's loads of clubs, um, but also in Manchester. Um, it's very popular up there and up north, um, kind of Liverpool way as well. So men's is is a funny one because it's kind of, it can be played by kind of anyone because you could just go to a local club. Um, but it does really get really popular at uni. And I would say definitely the majority of universities in the UK. And there are a lot of universities here. You know, we're a tiny country and it seems to be every, every town has a uni and they nearly all have at least, you know, one lacrosse team. 
But Tills, do you want to say about ladies? Because that's quite different, actually. Yeah, sure. I'd say for the ladies across sport, uh, it's a bit different in that it, I'd say it's predominantly played at school, but it's always been a bit more of a traditionally private school sport. So if you went to a private school, you, it, was, it was quite popular and easy to get into, um, but not so much at public schools but then when you go um, to uni it depends on the university you go to because it's quite a sort of prestigious sport at the higher ranking universities or the sort of more um, I don't know old-fashioned in a way then lacrosse tends to be a very popular sport um, so but I would say most unis probably have a team, but they don't always have a ladies team. I think potentially at university level, it's more popular as a men's sport or as a mixed sport. So, for example, like we played, we played um, one of the colleges at Cambridge in a friendly a few weeks ago or months probably now since lockdown. Um, and they only have a mixed team. They don't have a ladies team. So, yeah, I'd say it's quite different from the men's in that sense. But also it's, it's getting, it is quite a big club sport as well. Like London has a lot of ladies clubs um, and I think Scotland as well has quite a few. Um, so it just kind of depends where you are. But you can probably always seek one out if you wanted to. How do the mixed teams work? I mean, is it like mixed, mixed men and women, women equally? Or? Yeah, mm-hmm. you mix yeah. equally, um, but you play the women's rules because men's lacrosse is obviously well I say obviously but some people might not know but it's quite different in that you the rules are really different uh you have a different number of people on the pitch and you also you're wearing helmets and you have um sort of different protective gear and the lacrosse sticks themselves are different whereas women's you don't have much of that protective gear you can have some things if you want but it's mostly just a mouth guard and a different stick with a sort of shallower pocket and then when we play mix the men's have to use women's sticks and play by women's rules um to kind of make it a bit more sort of level playing field ah the name of the podcast that worked well (laughs) it's like you planned it i know yeah it's so professional And honestly, for some people that are listening, they probably don't even know what the sport is. So can one of you guys explain it briefly? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, so to give you references, if you've seen the film Wild Child or Mean Girls, it's the sport they play in that. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I mean, you know, you've got to read the the audience. They'll probably get those references. Um, Yeah, exactly. You know, cult films. So it's kind of like it's a standard team sport where you've got 10 on a pitch. The, the idea is to get the ball into the opposition's goal. You throw it into the goal and you get one point and so on and so forth. So for um, for women's, it's um, it's called non-contact, but it really is because yeah. everyone gets, yeah, <laughs> the idea is non-contact. <laughs> but you can do things like, you, you can't, you know, it's not like um, American football, like you're not full on body charging someone, but you can hit their stick to get the ball. You can stop them from doing certain things, but you can't say push someone over. Mm-hmm. In in men's, it's a little bit more like um, rugby or American football crossed with sort of field hockey in that you've got a helmet, gloves, pads, whatever you want, and it's far more physical. So you can basically kind of do anything that's safe, really, you know, below the head and sort of above the waistline to an opposition to get the ball off, off him or them. And then you can, again, pass it up the pitch. And the idea is throw it in the goal somehow. Um, game to around an hour um and you can get sent off um ladies you can get sent off for all sorts of ridiculous things that i think you should be allowed to do it's so boring (laughs) (laughs) but um in men's it's usually technical things like your foot goes over the wrong line or something like that or you have to do something pretty bad like really hit someone hard i i get sent off a lot 
<laughs> you know, you, you say non-contact for the women, but when you your opponent has a stick in their hand, I imagine there's some hitting going on that the referee isn't catching. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say sort of hitting anyone with their body intentionally, unless you're playing against someone who's really angry. But um, the stick, you, you try and hit their stick with your stick, and sometimes that can accidentally catch sort of a hand or someone's arm or something. Or there are different calls for sort of trying to hold someone back using your stick and different things like that. Um, but I think the refs are normally in women's things kind of err on the side of caution, so they're more likely to call something up which didn't actually happen rather than miss the sort of big violations, I'd say. I think maybe because we don't have as much protective gear as the men, so you need to <laughs> be vigilant. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, I would say my I probably have my worst lacrosse injuries from mixed lacrosse than men's. Yeah. Like, men's, you've got so much padding. I mean, it's fine. You might break something in the worst case. Whereas mix, it's like, because you hold the ball in the stick. So, sorry, the stick's got a net. So you're holding the ball and you hold it around your head. And it, so if someone accidentally, you know, does something a little bit wrong, the likelihood is they're going to hit your head. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why actually in, um, in, the, in the States, they've brought in. So um, in the States, you have to wear goggles. Um, goggles stop the ball going kind of in your eye socket. Um, in the UK, you actually don't have to wear them. Um, but also in the States, they've started trialing women wearing um like a sort of hardened cap type thing just to protect the head and stuff and i think actually at most sort of like senior levels now they're adopted it's still you don't have to over here in europe but i imagine we'll be going that way as well because you do need to think a bit about the safety are there pro leagues over there yeah so it's not quite the same in the states where you're right it's such a university thing like we obviously have like the top prem division for unis um, and then you have all the kind of leagues below. So Tilly mentioned she, she played at King's College London. So I went to U- University College London. So we're, you know, very similar universities in London. There's like an entire London league because there's so many teams there. You can play one. Um, but you also have like a national league where other universities like um, uh, Bristol, Cardiff, um, Oxbridge, that kind of thing, that they, they play each other as well. Then you do have um, international. So um, you have... Um, team wales scotland ireland england whatever who will play each other there's a european um championship and there is a world cup as well which i think i'm pretty certain the states have probably won consistently for quite a while (laughs) most likely (laughs) most likely (laughs) yeah Yeah. well because it's basically and i I, i'll say forgive me i'm not so confident where the women's teams rank but basically the men's us team is very good and then you've got canada australia the iroquois um us so it's kind of I I think that one of the struggles that lacrosse has is that there is such a level of excellence obviously in North America because it's played way more there than anywhere else and so I think they more have a in they probably have better competition almost internally than necessarily playing internationally Um, obviously the international teams are great and are really strong I'm not belittling them it's just um you know that those you know really senior men's teams at those top colleges are you know brilliantly good and it's kind of similar for the late uh the women's game as well since this is an lgbt podcast let's talk about a little coming out stories for you both and not to spend a whole bunch of time on it but i imagine you guys both came out when you were still in wales or was it more when you were in in england already uh well to be honest i'm actually i'm more of an ally um so okay yeah i'm straight so i haven't um had to experience coming out um but I mean, I've just always been supportive of LGBT rights and I really got 
um, involved with the Rainbow Rexes just after coming out of uni and when Ed's first started it. Um, I, I sort of know of people's coming out stories through, through meeting quite a few people through the Rainbow Rexes, but I actually don't have any personal experience of it myself. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and allies are think, important. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's something that's definitely has been, it's definitely been a driving factor of the Rainbow Rexes that we obviously have, well, sorry, not obviously, but we do have allies. And it is interesting how some some other teams don't seem to necessarily either understand that or actually agree with that, which is fine. You know, everyone has the right to their opinion, but we've always said that's fine because, as you say, I think allyship is important. So, I mean, I'm afraid I don't have a particularly inspirational story either. So I kind of... I think that's the goal, though, right? We don't... I mean, the goal is to have just, okay, well, I told people and that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing. and But, I mean, and so I, I think also more what I have that's... Well, it's not unique, certainly, but I mean, I think it's so in in the UK, there's obviously a bit of a sort of, uh, shall we say, culture and class divide in the country like there is everywhere. So I'm from where I'm from. You've got to be aware of your privilege. You know, I'm a white middle class man from southeast England. Um, It wasn't like I was facing as much struggle as someone could be in another part of the UK. So I think I was definitely very fortunate in the family I have and the kind of just the upbringing in the the sort of um, communities I was living in. I mean, certainly the only time I actually ever really seriously thought about my sexuality, because I honestly hadn't. And I think Tills knows the story. It was, yeah. I was co- coaching lacrosse and someone said to me, oh, I'm surprised you're really good. And I remember at the time thinking, I don't know what they mean. Do they, I was like, what do they mean? Is it because I like basically haven't shown up to training for a while? Because that yeah. sounds like me. I think we both and then, each other and both looked at each other like, what? <laughs> yeah, because we just didn't, under- and then we realised what this person meant. And I was like, oh, it was this weird, veiled, homophobic compliment. <laughs> but it was this, and, and it was the first time I'd really, I mean, I experienced it. And I, I'm very aware that that makes us exceedingly privileged. And that's why I'm a bit like Tills, that when we do stuff for the Rainbow Rexes, and particularly when it comes to our players who are questioning maybe their, their gender or their identity, we feel like we should be allies in that space as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really good thing to sort of understand that I personally think it's a bit risky to sort of say oh anyone lgbt plus sort of has the same experience it's like no you should think about your lived experience and what can you do to help others and that sometimes you're not part of that conversation you should be part of it as a listener and that's something we really try to sort of understand and it's complicated but yeah yeah that's cool though i mean and like you said the the privilege is there i don't know what lacrosse is like in the uk but here it's it's pretty white um, yeah it's here. it's a lot of it is like the the ivy leagues in the northeast of the u.s yeah. all have college lacrosse teams no it's absolutely the same and it's why lacrosse here like it, it it's a pit i think it's why it kind of in some ways is its own worst enemy because particularly with the women's game you have this pool of very elitist schools that promote it and there's nothing wrong with that i mean it's it, 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 it's a situation it mean that's a situation it's, it's not a criticism of anyone but because of that you end up with this sort of um bias f- through the sport just from where it's taught and that's why there is an interesting divide happening now with the men's and the women's game because men's doesn't have quite the same well because men's players aren't necessarily coming through these very elitist schools yeah. you actually have way more diversity whereas women's i mean it's i mean so i often go to the school's nationals tournament that we have annually as, as as an umpire and it's it's literally 
there is no diversity, absolutely none. And it's it's very much a sort of, uh, you know, you already know which one of the five schools is going to win because it'll be one of them because that's the way it is. And that's why I think the sport struggles sometimes because it's almost its own worst enemy by perpetuating that. So let's talk about the Rainbow Rexes specifically and in, in the formation of it. Were you guys both a part of the start of the club? Um, it was definitely Ed's idea. He sort of founded it um, with another person on the committee now, um, Harry Dobson. So they sort of came up with the idea together and kick-started it. But um, I think I came on board quite early. So before we even had a women's team, a women's, mm. our women's team was a sort of newer addition. It started off just men's and with it, us entering mixed tournaments. And then we developed into having a women's team after that. But I would say I was involved sort of from early on when they started doing the mixed matches as well. Yeah, you definitely were. And yeah, as Tilly mentioned, when we did start, it was lich. I mean, there was no real concept beyond we think this is a cool idea. And we both had sort of similar experiences with thinking, you know, we love this sport and it's not quite right yet. And um, certainly our first tournament I remember we went to, um, <laughs> <laughs> our first tournament, I think we it was an eights tournament. So you can play tournaments with fewer players where you just just to make it a bit quicker and I remember we needed eight players and we rocked up and on the day we got our eighth player and then by the end of the day we left with 12 because four other guys joined us because they loved what we were doing and we were having a good time and then by this this um, tournament this season because we've been going for this is our second season I think we had four reserves and we've now got around um, we've got sort of 130 people who are on our sort of um, mailing list of that about 50 people are active players so we've kind of exponentially grown very quickly and as Tills mentioned we've got this um, women's team which we're very proud of and we're really looking to grow because it's such an important part of the game and being a club that's about inclusion we obviously need to grow that side of things as well it just so happened that it was started by a couple of blokes so we went to men's but we're definitely growing both of them equally are you think, surprised at how fast it's grown? Um, I, I think the fact that it's grown so quickly just shows how much people sort of were looking for something like this and how, like, what a good job Ed and Harry have done in sort of starting it because it shows that there was a little bit of a void there. Yeah, I think it's... Oh, that's very kind of you, Chili. Um, I think it's also <laughs> because we... <laughs> as you alluded to, it's like we've we've not got... Well, we do have an agenda, if I'm honest, and we're very opinionated. We're certainly... Tilly and I are very opinionated about certain things. We make it no secret what we're opinionated about. But I think because the root of the club is you want to play lacrosse, you love sport, and you want there to be absolutely no judgment on anything, mm. we just appeal to people. And actually, we do have, in terms of our actual club, although it's never been a particular sort of positive action point for us, we actually have greater diversity in terms of ethnicity and disability as well. And I think. And we've never really made a thing about that because that's certainly something, I'm, unfortunately, I have very little expertise in, but obviously keen to grow that side. And I think it's just because we've made it so clear in everything we say and do. We are an LGBT plus inclusive team that is for everyone. And our motto is always the only people we exclude are bigots. That's literally it. So if you want to play with us, that's fine. We don't need to know how you identify, what your story is, unless you want to share that. But the whole point is you will always have a club and a team that will support you sort of unquestioningly. And we have, I think, managed to build that, which is what is so great to see. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that's really nice about that is because when you think about sport, uh, you it's 
in your head it should be a sort of simple equation like someone should be able to join a team just because they're good at the sport and because they want to play it whereas obviously that's not always the case and some people's sexuality or how they identify might have prevented them from joining a specific sport in the past because they didn't feel comfortable maybe in sort of changing rooms or being part of a particular culture whereas this definitely gives an opportunity for people to join who haven't been able to be part of that uh, inclusive team environment before um, and like Ed said we don't exclude anyone unless they're bigots so we're definitely <laughs> a place for people to come if they want to include feel that sort of inclusion and not feel judged on anything our less PC motto is just don't be a dick yeah <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it really is that we're just like it's not hard like really ask not. questions but you can just don't be a dick to anyone Tilly mentioned something interesting too where a lot of people who are LGBT don't really find a home in sports growing up I know for mm -hmm. myself I never felt like I, I fit in so do you find some of the newer members have no sports background at all or are you finding that you get a lot of members that do have a little bit of lacrosse I would definitely say we have quite a few members who really don't have much experience they might have experience with sport but not necessarily lacrosse and I'd say that goes back to Ed's points about especially in the women's game it is it does kind of stem from these elitist schools where it's predominantly the same sort of people who end up um, playing lacrosse that are like going to those schools um, because of their background uh, and I'm definitely one of those people um, and I have a certain level of privilege but it'll be the it'll be uh, we're going to these elitist schools and then we're getting into lacrosse that way and there'll be people who never necessarily had that opportunity to do that sort of set path so they are coming to us sort of later on um, and it means they haven't had much experience but also one thing that I think we really pride ourselves in the Rainbow Rex is is that we're really supportive of anyone at any level joining and like even if you come to a, a play for us for a match and you've never played before if you've only played one or two matches you will get playing time um, because we want to train people up as much as we want to sort of showcase our sort of ability um, so yeah I think we do get we definitely get a mixed level of ability what what's your goal I mean do you have a long-term goal like where do you see the club in like five years oh heavy questions <laughs> um I think I think our goal is like I mean we, we I mean, that's a very good question because I think we're now at a point where something that was started as a bit of a, you know, we were having fun with it and it was just as an idea has become far more established, which is wonderful. So I think the thing we're quite keen for is um, we do want to start working. We actually do. We have some really good conversations with most of the governing bodies here in the UK for lacrosse, like positive conversations about things like... Um, support when it comes to diversity and inclusion but also um so all of our bit like in the us all of our leagues are split up regionally and we're trying to be more proactive at making sure that we have a rainbow rex player at those kind of meetings at those board meetings um just to be that voice of you know are we thinking about it from this angle are we thinking about different people's experience that kind of thing so we're definitely keen to start being a bit more of a sort of lobbying body if you will okay but at the core of it is we are a sports club. We will always be about the sport. And I think that's something that's not, that shouldn't be scary to people. That means it is welcoming to everyone in that if you are there because you just want to play lacrosse or learn a new sport, whatever, we are there for you and we will be. And I think it's, that's why we're trying to sort of, you know, we're now taking this sort of new step into our third season. Well, if we can count this year as a season, um, but, um, you know, into our third year, let's say we are now thinking, right, we've got a name for ourselves. We've got the players, you know, we've got all of this stuff. What do we want to do? And I think one thing that certainly Tills and I have seen kind of captain teams and, and working with 
sort of so many players is just seeing the real positive effect that it has had on people's confidence and mental health. And I yeah. think we can take no credit for that beyond sport is good for you. I think, I think that's probably quite proven and accepted by, you know, all of us here and your listeners and everyone that that's where we want to have a role that if we can give people an outlet or a support network through sport, that is what we will always do and always be. I want to ask though, as you grow, I think I first heard you when you were on Jack's podcast, like a year ago, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's the one where I sound really, really, really posh for the first five minutes. And I have no <laughs> idea why that happens. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. But when I, I listened, it was mainly a tournament type yeah. club. As you grow, though, are you thinking maybe that you want to get more playing time for everyone? And would you ever do like in-house, like an in-house league, basically? Um, yeah, no, I, I think we would. We, we definitely would. So um, I think we would you're absolutely right that our thing is about getting people on the pitch so there are actually we're quite lucky there's loads of tournaments um that we can enter um in the uk but i think certainly we have our ambitions beyond just the uk um we've got players already from europe um who will come over for a tournament in the uk but there are things we want to do in mainland europe as well that we're really keen to explore and, and we've had some incredible like positive reactions from you guys over in the states like clubs individual players on team usa that kind of thing who have shown so much support and actually really actively want to get involved that i think we'd be doing the whole co club team ethos a disservice if we didn't actively chase those i mean we've got to do one thing at a time it's basically me tills and was it four other people running it so <laughs> we can only do so much but we definitely want to do that and you're right i think a year ago we thought this might be a sort of novelty team thing would be nice but we've had so much impact and yeah it's been a little bit there's been some struggles along the way we've had some very um interesting arguments with certain people but i think where we're going now is definitely becoming a sort of accepted hopefully sort of like lacrosse identity around the world because there's no reason for this just to be about players in the uk there are players around the world that could do with our support and that's what we really want to get involved in well yeah because i think i don't know how much you follow rugby or or gay rugby specifically but igr it's the international gay rugby union mm. i think for me they're like an example of what can be done not necessarily what yeah. has to be done yeah i mean they're i mean so there's there's also the um gay olympics yeah yes. yeah yeah so i mean we would love to be involved in something like that the problem is that at the moment of course we would have no opposition <laughs> so <Right. laughs> which is fine because we could also you know as you say among ourselves like we could work out an a team and a b well we wouldn't call it a and b we'd call it something else but we could do that but we don't have the numbers yet right. um so i think more would it be be a sort of like peer-to-peer -peer thing of like us playing another lacrosse um club or team um which we were trying to start this year because we were planning our tour to Edinburgh. Um, we we're going to do our first proper weekend tour away and we were going to play a mixed match, a men's match and a women's match um, all up in Scotland. But unfortunately, because of coronavirus, we haven't been able to, that all got cancelled. But yeah, definitely playing different clubs is something we've been looking into. We are going to take a quick break. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Level Plainfield Podcast on the Outsports Podcast Network. Let's get back to the conversation with Edmund and Tilly. Like you said, sports returning. I know today the Bundesliga German football is starting up. Um, Korean baseball started up a couple weeks ago. So sports are starting to become a thing now. I mean, 
Do you have a plan in place for when things open up for you guys? Um, I don't think we necessarily have a plan as such. There is a, bar, a tournament, an eights tournament in Bath that happens normally in September. And we played it last year um, and it was a really great opportunity. I think it was actually the first match we played with our women's team. So that was mm. our debut um, and it went really well. We had a really good tournament. I think we ended up coming fourth. So it was really good fun. But that being in September might be something we have our sights set on. But obviously I don't even want to, because or all of our sort of members they come from all over the UK and as Ed said we even have people in Europe who might be interested in coming over I don't think we'd want to put anyone in a position that they're uncomfortable sort of traveling mm -hmm. under current circumstances so I think that's something we probably have our sights set on but not necessarily a plan as such as to whether that's definitely going to happen or not. Yeah and something we have been sort of kicking around so Till's mentioned our unfortunately cancelled tour to Edinburgh but we're thinking about one to um, Wales or Ireland you know like, so doing sort of all the home nations because it's you know relatively easier to organise and it's great to sort of play different teams and get sort of different experiences. Um, mm -hmm. Something we have an idea we have kicked around is always doing a sort of pride in a lacrosse tournament so UK pride is um, July yeah July June yeah. July that kind of time um, but um we wanted to do that because so many of the actual lacrosse leagues are on uni calendars. So they're basically, you know, September to like, what, March, April. So we yeah. thought it'd be really interesting to sort of scope doing a summer lacrosse tournament that's open to everyone. And like all of our mantras, anyone can play, any team can enter. It's not about that. But um, the whole thing is about celebrating pride and inclusion. So we've wanted to do that for a while. Um, we just need to sort of get it off, off off the ground. We've got so many clubs though that have already said they would want to be involved and would play and support that I'm certain we could pull it off. It's just a matter of sort of organising it all and pulling it all together. But that's definitely something that's in the pipeline. And obviously anyone from any part of the world could play in that. So hopefully we'll make it happen next year. We're allowed out. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but speaking of the, you know, everyone being sort of sheltered in place and at their homes you guys had a campaign that you posted on instagram i want to say about a mm. week ago maybe it was longer mm. about slowing down hiv the spread of hiv mm -hmm. how did that come about for you guys and and what made that one of the things you wanted to talk about so um it's actually um a campaign that was started by 5016 street which is a health clinic based in soho london um and the idea was that obviously if you well the message is always to proactively um, test and know your status and you know just be more aware of your health regardless it, it doesn't have to just be limited to sort of this lgbt narrative around hiv mm -hmm. but the particular campaign that kind of caught our eye that we wanted to support was that with um the current lockdown situations and people being um perhaps having current safe um shall we say safe or more limited practices right now actually if you if we had enough people testing very proactively and seeking treatment if they need it you could really halt the um development of um new cases or the spread of hiv which is quite a phenomenal silver lining out of this whole situation really and of course it goes not just for hiv but other um other um, stis mm -hmm. and um one of our um men's players ross worsley who's um he works for the nhs so right now he's um he's working very hard um he actually suggested sort of getting involved with this and wrote a little um sort of very good succinct article about what was going on what needed doing and we just wanted to be proactive about it because i think sport we've always said that sport sport isn't just about what happens on the pitch sport is all about 
the the lifestyle and the support and the community around it and something like HIV which has such a prevalent um uh sort of present shall we say in a sort of LGBT lifestyles and sort of history and futures I suppose um we really wanted to be proactive about saying this is something that you should get involved in we want as many of our players involved all of our supporters involved because we just want to break the stigma about it just as we're also very vocal about mental health um we always have been about seeking um seeking support when needed um we've done a few sort of little social media campaigns about mental health um and anxiety and whatnot just because we feel that's as important and actually a key part of why we do what we do. Um, certainly so many people turn to sport because it's to help them with those kind of um, situations that we feel that's part of our role as a sports club in a way, which might be a slightly, um, maybe not everyone agrees with that, but hey, that's what we think, so we're gonna do it. Mm -hmm. I'd also say when it comes to the um, HIV campaign, one important thing is like Ed said, it was started by 56 Dean Street, which is in Soho. But as Ed said, we, ha we have a lot of followers on Instagram and some who are sort of global, like from the US or even from other places like in, in Europe and stuff. So even though that's a campaign started by them, the world has all been on lockdown for a while now. So that if that sort of, if us posting about it online can mean that it, the idea reaches other people, then it definitely have a big impact. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good. And that's the cool thing with social media. Like you said, it, it has a farther reach than just your community, your local community. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly how NHS covers medicine like PrEP, but I imagine that like it is over here because of PrEP, HIV numbers are going down, but the other STIs are going up <clears throat> because of the, the sex people are having. I'm going to say I'm not entirely confident on statistics there but I do know what I do know. Um, so um, I believe there's been a sort of prep trial that's been going on um, in certain parts of the UK that people have partaken in. And I believe the NHS is now um, going to provide that um, more generally as part of their services. Um, obviously, I'm not sure how that'll be impacted by the current situation because obviously everything's a bit on hold right now. In terms of actually the correlation between infection and prep, I, I, I'm not sure about that correlation per se, but I think... An issue we, we do have in the UK with HIV is that there is, well, I'm sure everywhere, but certainly in the UK, is that there is a lot of stigma attached to it to the point that people won't even talk about uh, getting tested or, or, or living with it or whatever. So it's still this slightly, shall we say, sort of shunned topic. And that's something that, again, as Tilly mentioned, us making that post, something we really wanted to try and counter, that idea that you know, we're not saying you have to tell everyone your business or anything, you know, but you don't need to feel that it's something that should be done behind closed doors. You can be very open about it, very proactive about it. And that's great. And certainly among among the team. So obviously what we post to social media, we post a slightly different message to our club. And we were always saying, you know, that if you need if you need support or if you have any questions about it, you know, OK, we are not experts in this field, but we can point you in the direction of people that are. And that's something that we will always do as well. And it's the same goes for whenever we talk about mental health. You know, we are here to support people, but ultimately, you know, we're not professionals in that field, but we have access to the people that are. And actually, we have a very good relationship with Stonewall UK. Actually, one of our goalies, Erin um, um, Water-Williams, who also used to play for Team Wales, um, she's um, she works for Stonewall UK and has been a real help sort of being a link between that organisation and us so that we can kind of get access to those sort of resources and advice when we need it. I think it's important to just to have that dialogue, like you guys mentioned, because I'm older than you guys. So my thoughts and ideas about HIV are different than what 
you are than the people younger than even you guys would be. Because for me, I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s when AIDS, HIV was just killing millions of people. It brought a lot of hate towards um, LGBT people. And so to see this change now where people are living with HIV and it is being talked about more and not as a killer, but as something that, you know, you can live with. It's just cool to see that start to slowly change. But, but, well, I think that's really heartening to hear. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you as someone who had that experience feel that because I think that's kind of going full circle back to my own Tilly's point at the beginning of this chat about us being allies. So to a person with uh, living with HIV, I feel we can all be an ally and in the sense of it's not about you making a judgment about what that means, what that does doesn't mean, what they should, shouldn't do. It's about listening and trying to say, what can I do to possibly make your situation a bit, bit better? What can I do to maybe put a smile on your face today? What can I do to maybe make you enjoy life a bit more? And if that's sports or if it's a silly thing we post on Instagram, then, hey, we're always going to do that and we will keep doing that. That's awesome. Let me go to my final question so I could let you guys go. Before I do, though, where can we find... I don't know if you guys want to share your personal um, social media stuff, but at least share, share the Rainbow Rex where people can find you guys. Yeah, sure. So um, we have on our Instagram is Rainbow Rex Lax. So that's Rainbow Rex Lax L-A-X. Um, or we have a lovely shiny website, um, rainbowrexlax.com. If you want to at us or DM us, that's great. Or you can at me at Edmund Connolly. So that's E-D-M-U-N-D. C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y on Insta and I'm always happy to have a chat or whether it's about sport or any of the stuff we've mentioned. Yeah and my personal Instagram handle even though I sometimes am allowed access to the Rainbow Rex's ones but it frequently changes the password so I can't always get in. Um, so my personal one is Tilly Powell 97 um, So my question is this and for, for Tilly it'll be a little different but um, I always ask this for people who are LGBT. If you can go back in time when you're, you know, 12, 13, if you could tell your own self something to help you with accepting who you were, what would that be? And for Tilly, I think just being an ally and what's it mean to you to be able to have, you know, a young kid come up to you and tell, tell you who they are. I mean, just, you know, just to, to tweak the question a little bit, what does it mean? What would you want to tell that, that kid? Um, I, I'm... Happy to start. I think I would just tell them not to be afraid of who they are because I think so many people are more worried about what other people are going to think than about how they actually feel with themselves. And that's not something that they should be scared with. There is a community out there that can support them. And there are so many people who've gone through similar things. But you shouldn't try and sort of, you shouldn't reflect what people might be saying about you or what people are, their opinions about you. You shouldn't sort of internalize that and turn that onto yourself and start thinking those things about yourself when actually it's just other people's opinions it doesn't really matter and you'll soon find that community that supports you for being exactly who you are oh that was very that was very good um so try to top <laughs> that <laughs> i know i'm like oh god i suppose don't fixate on the bad because there will be bad moments and there will be moments when you struggle as tilly mentioned nearly everyone does whether it's with uh, sexuality, identity, gender, whether it's, uh, you know, anxiety, mental health, everyone will have a moment when they think they can't do this or I can't do this anymore. And then you've just got to tell yourself, as long as I can see something good in my day or in my week or something I achieved, then it's all going to be okay. 
And I think that's the key thing to remember, that at the end of this, you will come out stronger, you will come out fighting. Everyone has moments that they really think they maybe can't face a challenge or they can't rise up to something. But you really do come back stronger when you've gone through that. And all you have to do is remind yourself that, that thing that maybe you see as being difficult for you to accept about yourself or difficult for other people to accept about you is probably the most wonderful thing about you. And when you have accepted that, you're absolutely immortal to whatever people might think or say to you. Nice, very nice. Thank you both for coming on and spending some time with me today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Hope you enjoyed this week's conversation talking all things. I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation talking all things lacrosse. Um, the next two weeks, I have an episode devoted to someone from the sport of baseball and someone from the sport of women's hockey. And I'm really excited for both of these conversations. Um, but anyways, take care, have a great week and see you next time.